Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Crazy Captain Norm and the world's favorite millennial, Stephen Busaka, give us a Seinfeld type of episode with topics ranging from orchid guys and orchid girls and who is more over the top, Blair Wiggins, Charlie Moore, Mike Iaconelli, or the Lunker Dog, all this week on The Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of The Real Guy Podcast. I got Norm Beck off in the Lunker Dog Studios in the world's favorite millennial, Stephen Busak in the house. What's going on, Stephen? What was the last time? Have, we, have the three of us ever done a podcast together? I, I think this is a first. I think this is the first. So if you're listening out there, we're going to see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to Busaka because Busaka was hanging out with Musa. Like yeah. That whole real guy network thing yeah, yeah, was happening yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. And um, Busaka did a fishing trip. And you know what happens when Busaka does a fishing trip? He gets all fired up. And then we get to hear the story. Well, let's hear it. You know, I've recently been on a little bit of an orchid kick, you know, out there in the Everglades and no. the Strand, and Norm's quite familiar with it because his dad was really into orchids, so yeah. you're kind of by kind of by default a little bit of an orchid guy, too. No, 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 I'm not an orchid guy. By association. Guy. No, 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 no. That was just your dad's thing? No, it's like saying that you're, you went to jail, but you were innocent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Or like if you have to rake the yard, like you're not a rake the yard guy. You're just out there raking the yard. Right, you're just raking the yard. Like, like Norm's old man was, like, really into the... Big time. Really into the yard. Big time, yeah. yeah. So and then he'd make he'd make Norm do the chores, like clean up after the orchids and take them, them inside, inside now and all that. I mean, it was... My father was such an orchid guy that he actually paid orchid guys to be orchid guys. Okay. I mean, he went to all the shows, and he had he had 700 orchids at the house. He had guys that would have to come by and service the orchids. He had the whole misting system. He had 700. And guess whose job it was to take those damn things in when we'd have inclement weather? Me. You. Inclement weather. You know, like hurricanes or if it get cold out, you know, because they're pretty fragile plants, They're actually, very fragile. You know? So... I once once we had a hurricane warning or something like that or it was the temperatures were going to drop in the winter time. What are you doing tonight? Oh, son of a bitch. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So out of the out of the thousands and thousands of people that are in the real guy network. Yeah. Percentage-wise, how many of them are orchid guys? <laughs> I'd say like maybe well, you know what? 1 That's in 10? A, huh? 1 in 10? One in ten is probably very high, I but I'm going to tell you this: one in ten would only admit it. Hmm. I think it might be more. 
Do you think the orchid guy thing? I think it could be more. It was like in the closet type Listen, thing? Let me put like it like in the closet orchid guys? I'll put it to you this way. When my old man went to those shows, he went to those shows with some heavy hitters. I mean, some some real orchid people. And there were a lot. He was a member of the, what's the orchid society? Are you a Audubon? member of the orchid society? No, no, no. There's a there's a Broward Orchid Society. Are you a member of that? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. Dude. You sure not talking about the Audubon no, Society? No, no, it's no, separate? no, 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 no. There's a Broward County Orchid Society <laughs> or a Fort Lauderdale Orchid Society or something. There's an orchid. There's an orchid club right here in Fort Lauderdale, and it's huge. Hold on, I'm looking this I, up now. No, this we are not going to spend this podcast this talking whole, about orchids. This whole no, this whole thing is kind of like a slap in the face. The Fort Lauderdale Orchid Society. That's it. Wow, there really you didn't is even a thing. know about that. It's huge. You should join it. They're having a, their next event is December second, the Orchid Festival. I'm surprised it's that far away. Where is it? Sawgrass Nature Center, wherever that is. I guess it's over. Oh, it's in Coral Springs. Oh, I'll buy the sawgrass. There you go. Yeah. Put it on your calendar. Yeah. No, they've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up. They have a holiday party at the Coral Ridge Yacht Club. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, it's huge. It, it, no, it's a thing. We struck a chord. Wow. But anyway, so... But it's kind of but it's kind of like a slap in the face. How is I that a slap whole, in the face? Well, because I got this whole real guy network. We're all macho, fucking, you know, catching big fish. Musso, he's my dog. Met him, you know, through the charter industry. He goes out and travels the world on the big boats. And then he's over in Costa Rica. And then he's doing this. And he's buddies with Huff. And then you and him are hanging out in the national park. And then you guys are giving me orchid stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the way that that whole thing happens <laughs> is all of a sudden Jeff sends me this message one day and I at this orc and I go, is that a cow horn? Because I was in shock that Jeff even knew what that was. What's a cow horn? So the cow horn orchid, so the, so the ghost orchid is considered like the holy grail of orchids. But the cow horn orchid is so notable because that one was literally almost poached to extinction. Like almost like even worse than the ghost orchid. So Jeff sends me this picture of a cow horn and I'm like, how the hell did, like, where, where did you find this? No, because I am the master at getting reports on everything. <laughs> Including the orchids. Real, and through the real guy network. If I mention something on this podcast, somebody's gonna, there's a pretty good chance yeah. that I'm going to get some emails and stuff like even now. Right. I, I, I'm going to get the cheap emails. Either they're going to send memes or they're going to send me like a picture of somebody's granduncle or something. Orchiding. <laughs> <laughs> Is orchiding a thing? I don't know if that's what they call it. that's what they call it. But there, yeah. I guess if you want to say. My, my uh, father was the same way as Musso. Okay. Traveled the world, fished all over the place, spent untold. Amounts of, I, money. I, I, amounts of money on sport fish boats and I mean that was you know that's what I grew up with and then he, when he told me he was getting into orchids I thought he was coming out of the closet or something I mean like what 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 are you telling me dad what what is the, what do you huh and and there's no like backstory hidden agendas like is there a chick that you dig that's orchiding no I just when I, like I said, when I started going to Fakahatchee, because Fakahatchee Strand is the orchid capital of the country, uh-huh. all of a sudden I kind of was like, well, that's been kind of cool to see some of these orchids. And then I saw my first go- ghost orchid and I was like, yeah, it is pretty <clears throat> cool seeing these things. 
So let me go out on a limb here. I would, I would imagine that if you went to the Fort Lauderdale Orchid Society event, then you would probably meet. I'm going to hook him up with Lori Parrish. But I'm just saying he'd probably yeah. meet another or- oh, he would, orchider he, he, that's like, you know, might be cute. Oh. You know, somebody you could go orchiding with. Wait a oh minute. Oh, my gosh. I see what you're saying. You're playing Cupid here. Right. No, I'm right. good. <laughs> right. Dude. You know what? I think you're onto something. Right. You might find We a, could totally, we could totally, this is, you this might is find your a life hot story. trick in the whole orchid fucking world, dude. Yeah. No comment. There's got to be orchid chicks out there. All right. So when you do go to the front. That are like under the age of 30. So when you do go to the. More like under the age of 80. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to be honest with you. Listen, so, so take my advice on this. And when you do go to the Fort Lauderdale Orchid Society event. He's going to be the youngest one there. Yeah, but when you roll in there, <laughs> when you roll in there, people, because it's one of these things, it's a social event, <laughs> make sure you introduce yourself correctly. Oh, gosh. Here we go. That's the world's famous. Here right. we go. Here we go. I, you know what? How I you agree. doing, fellow? I how agree. you doing, fellow? Absolutely. I'm Stephen Busaka, the world's favorite millennial and co-host on The Real Guy Podcast. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. They'll Dude, be so caught off guard. Like, huh? You got to do it. And I'll tell you what. This is this is that kind of thing, okay? Have you ever watched that movie? Um, oh, what was the name of it? American Pie. Years and years, years ago. ago, where the guy figures out, the jock figures out that the the way to score chicks is to join the music club. I don't even. That's how long ago. I okay. don't remember. All right, that's what this is. <laughs> I think so. All right, I think this is the same kind of thing. I think if I think if Busaka goes to the Orchid Society meeting. It's going to be like this untapped source of orchiders, of, 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 of girls that hot, that would hot, be hot orchiders, pocket or well, hot orchiders. That's it, man. And, and not only you might let's get lit up and go. You might meet a hot chick at the orchid society, but also I would be willing to bet that. Fifty to sixty percent of them are fat hatchers. Oh, I guarantee you. I'm sure they've probably all been there. At some point. Like, if you were to see a Faka Hatcher shirt, it might be at the Orchid Society. I'm not so sure. Only the hardcore Orchiders are Thaka Hatchers. Okay, the other ones, they just go to the shows. Like, my father My yeah. father never would have stood in the... In the, in in the, the swamp. Sh- the swamp. The slough. Okay, looking for a ghost orchid. But really? he'd go to the shows. Wait, your dad, you don't think, would have done that? No, no way. See, I think your dad was into it for the chicks, too, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) They were more in his age range. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm reading between the lines here. Well, the the funny thing, though, going back to Musso. I can't figure out why he got into it. I still haven't figured it out. Is Musso getting laid because of orchids? I don't know if that's why, but, you know, he's got a girlfriend. So, I mean. Where'd he meet her? Oh, I don't know. You went fishing with her, with him, and you didn't find that information out. No, because we were that, focused. You do on, that in the first trip. We were focused on catching fish, and which I'd like to think is commendable. So let's talk about the trip. Well, no. So Musso, though. So Jeff sends me this picture of the cow horn, and I'm like, "How oh, the yeah. hell did he find this?" And he's like, "I don't know what it is." He goes, "Musso just told me to send it to you." And I've heard about Musso through you guys for the past couple years, but I end up messaging. Musso on Facebook and he just goes call me right now so <laughs> I call him and he and I end up being on the phone for like an hour and a half talking about all the different orchids 
and I was like, damn, this guy's pretty cool. And I, I said to him, I said, that, like that, that cow horn orchid that he found, my friends who are into orchids know that orchid. It's like a famous So you orchid. already have a circle of orchiders. <laughs> Small, but yeah. Orchid, okay. orchid guys and orchid girls. guys. And girls. It, well, no, just guys, actually. I'm not judging. So, anyways. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Oh, whatever. So, anyways. So, he... Um, <laughs> so, he... Um, but he said to me, he's like, you know... I didn't even ask. He goes, you, would you want to see it? And I'm like, you don't mind taking me to see it? Because a lot of times these orchid folks are very protective of... You know, which makes sense because poachers. He was like, no, I'll, I'll take you to go see it. He yeah. goes... And I said, yeah, let's do it. He goes, do you want to fish while we're out there? And I'm like... Where is it? He goes, what's uh, in Everglades think. National Park? And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, salt water? He's like, yeah, uh, fuck yeah, let's go. So we go out there and that was such a, that was such a cool experience because fishing that part of the glades, just the quality of fish that we were finding as compared to like south, more south in like the Flamingo area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, dude, like I, like I caught a 37-inch redfish and I wasn't really into redfish, but I was like... But now you're into redfish? Well, I I have more respect for them now because I'm like... Are you like a redfish guy now? Are you like going that way? Or are you still a bonefish dude? Oh, no. Bonefish are still number one. But I'm just like... I was impressed because I wasn't... I didn't really think reds could fight that hard. So that was pretty cool. You never listened to Blair Wiggins? I haven't watched him in years. (laughs) Oh, Blair. And you said it a million times. Redfish pull hard. (laughs) I'm just telling you. Sea trout are his favorite. He's a bogan. I, the They're Mogans. Mogans. No, and, then, and then coincidentally, this is, a, this is a certified. Is there such a thing as a certified Mogan? Probably. All right, All right we're gonna, I'm going to come clean on this. Yeah. I was telling Busaka this earlier, but it was uh, Blair and Charlie Moore were big inspirations for Lamont and I to do YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Moore, I can see. Blair, I'm not so sure I understand that. Well, Blair. Charlie Moore is freaking great. Blair, he is. So, Blair, he is. Blair came into the fishing TV scene with like a, uh, what do you want to call? He had it? a thing, like a Ric Flair type. Yes, right. Yes. So yes, having that Ric Flair flair. Yeah, fucking Lamont and I had to destroy him. Like we could, <laughs> we could, we could like you can't. Wait a second. Like I, I got the Ric Flair flair. Not you, Wiggins. Yeah, I had the. You know, I was the one doing the woo and all that shit. Oh, well, the guy who's doing woo and all that shit was Mike Iaconelli, the bass guy. He's before, the first I, one that started I, screaming. I was before Mike. Huh? I was before Mike. We were doing oh. YouTube. Are you kidding me? Mike? Which came first? Mike was still in high school. We were doing YouTube. Mm-hmm. Now, Charlie Moore, he was older. Blair yes. was older. And both of them thought that they were going to get more arrogant and more over the top than the locker dog. And we had an issue with that. When guys catch bass, when guys catch big bass, you see all these videos now. Somebody catches a big, giant bass, and they scream their head off like, I don't know, they just found gold. Okay. they found an orchid. That is, you find a ghost orchid. Okay. (laughs) When, When you're asking, who started that? Was that Charlie Moore? I think... Curly Moore inspired Ike. Okay, that I makes could, sense. I could be wrong there. That makes sense. But they're both fucking Yankees anyway, so what's the diff? 
I can see that. Blair wasn't. No, Blair's friggin' Central Florida redneck. But you're talking about the other guy, Mike? Mike Iconelli. Yeah. And Charlie Moore. Because Charlie was Boston, right? Right. Yeah, it, Charlie's Northeast. Both of them are pretty much, I mean, it's not like I follow the whole bass thing, but there's not a lot of Yankees Wait, doing the bass thing. you're telling me that your style came from a combination of, a combination the two? of those two? No. My style came from the combination of the WWF. <laughs> that. Somewhere between the WWF and Jim Cramer from okay, that Okay, that makes sense. That was kind of like yep. the Lunker Dog <laughs> thing. But for Iconelli was a little bit more natural being over the top because I think he was naturally think, over the top I at some times. Right. I think you're right. I think he came by it honestly. I don't think Wiggins was over the top all the time. I think that was... No, I think Wiggins was a real guy that got sponsored up, and then he had to just kind of walk that line. He followed. He followed that lead for yeah. sure. He, well, he always because he's that a big he's... pimp. <laughs> All right. So the first time I ever uh, saw <laughs> Wiggins and met Wiggins, yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, we were working the Miami Boat Show, uh-huh. and Wiggins at the time was with Ranger Boat Company. Okay. Except I was the only motherfucker with a Ranger boat that was crushing the piss out of the tarpon and the giant snooks. Right. So I went up to Blair, and he's sitting with a few dudes. And he, they don't know me from nobody. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what's up with the Ranger thing? <laughs> like, of, like, of all the people that should get noticed with the Ranger, it should be me. I'm getting 30-pound snooks and 100-pound tarpons while you guys are running around still... Uh, Catching redfish. Right, catching redfish. And, and 30 trout. years later, he's still catching redfish. Right. And calling him Logan. Because sea trout was his favorite, though, he always says. It's his favorite thing to catch a sea trout. Blair said that. That his favorite thing to catch is sea trout. Blair also sported the ugliest black drum in history in his highlight reel at the beginning. Yeah, of the show. baby. Oh, a black drum. <laughs> black drum, baby. <laughs> That's what he said. Anyway. But wait, did you say that to Blair? I, like you actually said that to him in person? No. Do you I, know what they call those things? I actually said to him, like, what's the deal with the ranger thing? Thinking yeah. ranger would love to see somebody catch the fish that I'm catching with a ranger. Yeah. You know what they call those things in Texas, those black drums? What's that? They call them big uglies. I knew that. Yeah. They call them big <laughs> The big uglies. ugly. Like an offensive lineman. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. big ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Muso. Do a ghost orchid thing, and Everglades National Park. You guys actually caught redfish. Caught redfish. I caught four or five snook, and the thing I was impressed with was the quality of the snook out there because the snook that we were catching were like between twenty six and twenty eight inch, and I was like, like flamingo ain't got that freaking quality. Like flamingo, you're lucky if you catch a snook twenty two inches. Twenty eight inches, you're calling that quality. Well, better than what we're catching out there in flamingo. <sighs> Lowering the bar. Listen, the bar. Listen. obviously, I know Lauderdale's got the big ones. Not anymore. No, everything's no, dead. Not really. <laughs> everything's dead. Nope. Nope. So, anyway. So, and the actually, quality snooks. Speaking of Blair. Remember when we used to catch big snooks in the surf here? Not anymore. Well, pig is relative. Like, it used to be 30 pounds as big. Now he's fucking quality fish is 28 inches. Jesus. I mean, the whole thing's just fucking gone to shit. Anyways. When you go west <laughs> of Lake Okeechobee, is there something about size that matters? 
It's like they measure everything in terms of inches on the West Coast. Here we do it by pounds. Why do, that what, argument what's, what's was years ago. I almost forgot what, about that one. What is that? It's just again, another perfect example of how we're failing in our public school systems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need to be taught this. Inches and pounds. Right. We need to be taught this as a youngster. If we are talking about big fish, then you're talking pounds, not inches. All right. So what is it? Today is October 1st. Right. Right. Shouldn't the canals be absolutely chock full of mullet by now? Yes. But what are they chock full of? Uh, pollution. pollution. What the hell? Algae. Do you know today, Trash. I went by the Fort Lauderdale sandbar, beautiful blue skies, not one boat on the sandbar. Not one. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. Not one. So you're telling me there's hope? I'm <laughs> thinking that the Fort Lauderdale sandbar club has figured it out and they decided not to go not to swim oh, in the doo-doo yeah. i have to ask demler about that one yep no but see i i wasn't going to even bring up fucking the mullet run this year or the whole happy bait thing because well two things if i talk about how poor the mullet run is then people think that the fishing's not good contraire i mean smoke and the piss out of the tarpon yeah, you did that. Well, that happened last year. Yeah, I did. And we'll do it next year. Yeah. And we're always smoke the piss out of the tarpon. But I don't care what you see on the internet. I don't care who you talk to. There's no such thing as happy bait anymore. There's no such thing as the mullet run anymore. I think you're right. No, I am right. Yeah. I am right. Yeah. And some people on social media, they see a little <laughs> clip of 30 seconds of some mullet jumping around and like, oh, the mullet run. That's not the mullet run. And it's driving me fucking crazy because nobody like, really gets it. And the few people that do get it are like fishing hermits. And they don't even know what the mullet run is. They don't, know. Like, they don't know what it really is or what it's supposed to be. Right. So that's why I don't bring it up. That's why you don't ever buy your Florida Sportsman magazine at this time of the year. Because they over-exaggerate it. They'll, they'll sensationalize it 10 years after it's over. It's yeah. the best mullet run we've seen in years. Yeah. They, they, wrote they do. That, they wrote that last year. Yeah. They wrote that last Florida year. Florida sportsmen mullet. should be doing articles on orchids. orchids. How did I know that was coming? Wasn't Blair Wiggins sponsored by Florida sportsmen? Dicks. Or no, oh, Dicks. I think Dicks. Dicks, Dicks sponsored yeah. him, yep. That's a good but I'm just saying they they should be they should in the back of the Florida Sportsman where they do the hot spots they should be talking about the Thakahatchee this time of the year. Just saying, yeah, they should be talking about the orchid shows, anything other than the mullet run. I'll never call happy bait again. Wow. Unless Ever? wow. Unless it becomes happy bait. So I'm on the boat the other night with a client, right, and. Mm. We're fishing. He says, he says, Jeff, when are you going to call happy bait? I'll call happy bait when every fool in Broward and Dade County, we'll go into Palm Beach County, can get bait. That's what, that's what happy bait is. That's what happy bait is. They don't even know what happy bait is. Well, the thing is, is it's, it's, it's an interpretation. And I've been telling people for years, screaming at the top of my lungs, making videos, doing all sorts of shit, telling people... The mall run is no more. Yeah. It's a story of the past. 
So that's what I mean. This I'm not even bringing it up. I haven't made any posts about it. I haven't brought it up. I haven't answered anybody's questions. It's over. Just put it in a box. Like a time capsule. And bury just it. Put it put it in the ground. It's for the history. the truck. It's for the history books. <laughs> it's for the history books. Now am I saying, am I making the call that it'll never come back? Well, I'm not making the call, but if I would have to put a thousand dollars cash on it, I wouldn't put it on it's coming back. No. I, I mean that's pretty sad if you think about it too, especially for all the years that that was what everybody looked forward to. Was right. calling happy bait. Dude, fuckers used to go to Fort Lauderdale Beach and get a hotel room on the beach for a week. Yep. So they could really? experience. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Dude, Mike Lemon used to do that. That's how he I met you. those guys. Are you serious? Yeah, they were yeah. happy baiters. They Jesus. were spending serious time and energy going up and down the coast looking for happy yep. bait. That's how I got friendly with Josh Jorgensen, Black Tip Age. Yeah. People like were really into it. And, and, and there's going to be some people, they're going to get some clips this year, and they're going to sensationalize it, and they're going to say it's the coolest thing they ever saw. In the meantime, I won't even bring it We're up. We're going to be anyway. like 80 years old, sitting on the rockers out front, smoking a cigar, going, you remember when we used to call a happy bait? All right, so you want I'm going to pat my back? I'm going to pat myself on the back about something. So in Victoria, it was just a little squirt back when we used to have happy bait. Mm. I brought her right out there to experience it. She knows. She may be the last generation. She may be the last generation yeah. to actually see what the happy bait experience. Is. I want my son to know about it, but it's just No, we can show him we can we show, can him, show him, him we can show him a mullet run school. A school. Maybe, if he's lucky. I'm talking about oh, that's horrible. Yeah, blacked out. The beach blacked out as far as you can see. Yeah, just that show, doesn't happen. Just show them the old Dunker Dog videos. <clears throat> yeah, the old videos. That's about so it. Like, that's all we can do. I mean, and that's what I mean. Like, I hate to bring it up because your videos should too be negative. in the Smithsonian. Thanks, Norm. Uh, I'm or just at least saying. The IGF. Like, this should be. Are they not the IGF? This should be. This should be. This should be, uh, this should be like a little section on the mullet run. Uh, in the in, in in the Smithsonian. Did you know I got history with the Smithsonian? How's that? All right. So the guy Tupper I used to work for. Yeah, yeah. Working at old Huckins and we're yeah, yeah. around the world freaking chasing Blue Mile yeah, and old, stuff. Yeah, the old Huckins. He was buddies with the guy from the Smithsonian. Hmm. And we used to smoke cigars together during the fishing tournaments. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's my history with the Smithsonian. We ought to, if he's still around, you ought to, you know, Mr. tell Tupper? him, hey, listen, we need to add a this. new wing to the Smithsonian for the mullet run. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. 
They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's a good idea, Norm. That's fucking brilliant. Just saying. Every time I think that you can't come up with something better, you do. Dude, listen. History is not just in one capsule. History is constantly evolving. And if you don't memorialize it after it's happened, then it's never going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? So we should, you know, we should go, we should petition the Smithsonian and tell them about the mullet run. Then there's all kinds of things like that that no longer exist, like the mullet run. Um, there's, there's the, in California, they had something similar like that. And you don't hear about it anymore. It was called the Grunions. You remember the Grunions? The, gr- the run of the Grunions? I don't. Okay, it's a similar bait fish. And guys used to go out there and whack the piss out of the Grunions. And when they would run down the beach. The That's, Northeast has something, too. What The bunker. Well, there's still a lot of bunkers. But, I mean, I'm just saying there's things like that, you know, natural history that exists that future generations are never going to know about because we've wrecked it. Right. Yeah. And, that's, and the mullet run is one of them. So Everglades National Park. <laughs> no, before we go on to that, though, I actually have to give a shout out because talking about Grimm and fishing the beach. So I fished the beach with Timmy O'Connor about a month ago. The three-time Happy Bay World Champion, the, Tim O'Connor. Yes. Hmm. So yeah. he invited me to go fish the beach, and um, he had introduced me to these, um, these two, this guy, Dan Wall. Daniel I think, Wall. I think you got Daniel to meet Wall. him, right? Yeah. Super nice guy from Wisconsin. He was out there fishing with his kid, Grayson. Great kid. Super into fishing. And they were about the <clears throat> nicest people you could imagine. And they were so gracious. And they were like, we'd love to see, you know, Fakahatchee Strand one day. If you've got time to take us and all this stuff. And I'm like. Yeah, they listen to the podcast and everything. I just, I, I was kind of in shock. I was like, wait, you guys actually heard about that stuff? And they're like, yeah, we well, listened to the, the podcast. And I'm like, oh. Do you see how you're, how you are expanding? The kid's been doing knowledge. a fucking podcast with me for three years, I just four years, and he actually like, pay nobody, attention. You know what I mean? Thousands of people listen to it, so you're gonna get some sort of feedback. Well, I was just Miss- impressed. I was like, wow, like hey, I had really a dude walk up to me at Bass Pro Shops. Right. Said, hey, yeah. He says, are you Captain Norman? I'm like, yeah. And I was in the fly shop getting a reel fixed, and the dude is like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear all your stuff about Blue Marlin and this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah. People listen to the damn podcast. They do. That's why the intro is so important. Yes. Like, like, all right, so so I introduced Norm the other day, right? And I don't say Captain Norm. I say Norm from the show on Saturday mornings. What's the name of the show again? Uh, The Weekly Fisherman. The Weekly Fisherman. Nautical Ventures Weekly Fisherman. So I'm able to put that title on him and use it. And then people go, oh, who's Norm? Oh, you know, Norm, he does the talk show on Saturday mornings. He's on the Real Guy podcast. Yeah. He's got that old Carolina boat that runs around the port all day, blah, blah, blah. And it's like a thing. Busaka. That's what you got. You got to work that. You got the thing. You got to work that. You got to work that angle. I was, I, that made me real happy to hear that somebody was really actually int- intrigued but with you could roll with that 
in every facet of your life. Okay? I mean, you could go to the bank and make a deposit and just say, hey, um, and they ask you your name. I'm Stephen Busaka, the world's famous fa- fa- uh, favorite millennial. Right. Jeff wanted me to introduce myself to Flip that way. Absolutely. 100%. Speaking, oh, I definitely would have. All right. Now, let me just take it a, a step further. Okay. So you and Musa doing your orchiding together. Huh. Was directly because you were the world's favorite millennial. That yeah, never would have happened. For no reason. <laughs> that never would have happened. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, well, you know, God. speaking of Musso and Flip, guess who he introduced me to that day? Huff. I told you, Musso hangs out with Huff. Yeah, so he introduced me to Huff, and that was actually pretty cool having like three generations of Steve. Steve Huff? Yeah. Oh, cool. He's, we had like all these Stevens together. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's an orchid guy. Huff's yeah. an orchid Steve guy. Steve Huff is an orchid guy? Oh, yes. Big into plants and orchids. There you go, Norm. Yeah, I think Steve was probably trying to get laid at the orchid things, too. I bet he did, too. You guys are all too. trying to get laid <laughs> at the I orchid things. I bet he did, things. too. You guys all. There's, you, you guys aren't just into it for the flower. Come on. <laughs> And Huff, well, Huff was a pretty damn cool guy, but I should have said to Steve to introduce me as that and see how Huff would have taken to that. He would have freaking loved it. Huff was cool. He Huff was real it. cool. Well, first of all, it would give Huff hope to let people know that somebody actually likes a millennial. We probably didn't even realize that. Touche. Right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to get a cold beer. You guys can hold the conversation for a second um, here. Of course. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to need one. But, you know, let me tell you what. <clears throat> if if you take that identity and you roll with it and you make it your own, okay, that's something that you can bring with you wherever you go. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I think, I, honestly, I think I do need to do that. At Dude. least, at least to like, like this is one of these big wigs. Listen, if you get arrested, you tell the cop, I'm Steven Busaka, the world's fam- favorite millennial. Maybe he won't arrest me. And you might not get that ticket. Well, that's like, well, that's like, uh, remember Robert Sylvia a few years ago when he got pulled over by the cop and the cop was like, he was like, it wouldn't happen to know Jeff Maggio, would you? And the cop went, run that dog. And he didn't give him a ticket. On Route 3. That happened? In Massachusetts. Route 3 in Massachusetts. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. I didn't hear about this. Tell him the story. (laughs) (laughs) It was the night of the uh, the Coastal Community Network launch party. (laughs) All right. So we were, um, yeah, we did that Coastal Community Network launch party um, out at Chelsea's Miranda Farms there that night. Yeah. And Robert Sylvia was hauling ass from work to get to Logan Airport so yeah, he could yeah, make the yeah, event. Yeah, that's how he rolls. So he was hauling ass down Route 3, somewhere between Lowell, Mass, and Burlington. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> and he gets, he, he, gets, he gets pulled over by a state trooper. <laughs> and he says, this, the state trooper asks him why he's fucking hauling ass. He says, I got to catch a flight. Because I'm trying to make this Fort Lauderdale. Event. I'm trying to make this event in Fort Lauderdale that the Lunker Dog's hosting. And he's like, Lunker Dog, the fisherman from YouTube? And, and so he's like, Yeah. He's like, All right, I'll hurry up along then. No and shit. And let him go. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? 
That's the real guy network. That's crazy. Dude. And that's what I mean. I should have told the FWCs that. They yeah. would have fucking thrown me in jail. I think the FWCs listen to the podcast, too. Uh, you well, know X, what? I X, think some X, of them do. Yeah. Drew, because he used to be, so XFWC. Oh, no, I know they listen to it. I know they listen to it. Yeah. I, I've, had, I've, got, I've gotten RTD'd by FWC before. Really? really? Dude, I've gotten RTD'd by people on cruise ships going by. <laughs> so we're fishing. The cruise ship is going by, and people are yelling down from the cruise ship, Run that dog! What about pontoons? No, never. No, you're not going to favorite that pontoon. Because <laughs> well, everybody's, everybody's looking at G-string when we're on pontoon. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fishing with some clients in Port Everglades one day, and that huge friggin' tugboat goes by. And they got these PA systems oh, that, yeah. are, that are, like, really loud. Yeah. And the guy friggin' RTD does and almost friggin' blew us off the boat. It was so loud. Was it Ted Bishop? No, Ted Bishop's in Charleston. Ted, when Ted, when he's doing these long tugs and he's going by Fort Lauderdale, he'll text me and wonder if I'm out there. Me too. He's always like, "Hey, I'm passing Lauderdale." <laughs> See, that's real guy shit. Yeah, it's real guy shit. From long I did that on the dinner boat one time. That's cool. That, that Robert Sylvia story is just that's crazy. I'd never heard that. Right. And just think, just think, Lusaka, if you always, from day one, introduce yourself as always. the world favorite millennial from the Real Guy podcast, that cop would have known who you were that let Sylvia go on Route 3 in fucking mess. You should put that on your Tinder. Where Charlie Moore's from. You should put that on your Tinder profile. Oh, my Steven gosh. Steven Busaka, the world's favorite millennial. Oh, my gosh. Good right. Lord, no. Moving along to Busaka's horn. We went to lunch today. I did not see you sporting your horn. Oh, what you horn? wanted me to wear it at lunch? No, I want you to hang it from your mirror in the car like oh a real my Italian. What from, horn? What, 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 what? I got him. The worm and I got him a. You know how the Italians wear a horn? Italian horn. But the big red one. You got it last summer. I got it just a few weeks ago when I was oh, in Massachusetts. Okay. This, this last summer. Yeah, right? yeah. And I gave it to Busaka. And you're supposed to sport that thing on your mirror. Okay? Like fuzzy dice. Like fuzzy dice, exactly. Except or like the Puerto Rican flag. Yeah, well, the, the Cuban one, they all do it. Yeah. And you're Italian, and you're supposed to friggin' sport that thing. Yeah. So the rumor around town was that Busaka is embarrassed of his over-Italianism. Dude. Are you embarrassed of your over-Italianism? No, I just never really thought about hanging it there. When is National Ital- Italian Heritage Month? Is it coming up? No, I we, think it's this we, month. We blew right by that. We did? No. Yeah, we blew by that. When was it? That was like... Hold on. I was right before Asian Pacific American Month, which is right before... Was it Pride Month? I yeah, think my Pride month's month. Pride Month, Pride and month. then we had... Were you proud during Pride <laughs> Today's month? the first yeah. day, huh? Today's the first day of oh, Italian what? Heritage Month. October? I thought it was coming up. It, today's the first it's day. It's October. Yep, today's the first day. You either get Oktoberfest or you get National Italian Heritage Month. I wonder why they picked October. How did, how did a guy like Beckoff know that it, this was the first? Did you feel I, that? Did you feel that? It's just something that was... Well, the Italians it, and the I, Jews I just, have always know. kind of throughout history been smart. like this. I don't look it, but, you know. You mean there's something in there? There's something in there that just, you know, broke loose. That was a, he felt he felt it. I he, felt it. He felt the American Italian month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then called today. it. Yeah. It's kinda like Babe Ruth. Except sort of. Not really, but not really. No. Babe yeah. wasn't Italian anyway. <laughs> no. Either what was, was Babe Ruth? 
big. I thought he was black, wasn't he? No, Babe. You thought Babe was God. black? Hold on. Oh, no. Hold I'm on. Of, what have we missed? I'm thinking of what's his what name? What has he Robinson. missed? He's missed John McEnroe. Robinson. He didn't know who John McEnroe was. He didn't was, know who John McEnroe is. And he thinks Babe's thought, black. Yeah. Did you, why did you I think Babe of, was black? I was thinking of uh, Robinson. Jackie Robinson? Jackie Robinson. Do you know, know who Pink Floyd Babe. is? I do. I think Pink Floyd's just okay. They weren't my favorite. They're not my favorite. Just okay. I can only take that psychedelic for so long. At least he knows it's psychedelic. And he did know what Pink Floyd was. All right. So, uh, you know, if it's not your style, okay. I, I, prefer, I, can, I prefer Zeppelin I over. That. I prefer Zeppelin over Floyd. You know, that's a funny thing. So, there was like a, an entire generation, and I'll, I'll call them millennials, that don't really understand our music. Jeff, you and I. All right. Then we have my kid. And my kid is, you'd think he's into all these other, you know, new age groups. Uh uh. He's into the classics. He's into Zeppelin. He's into all these. I mean, he's got, he's got such an unbelievable appreciation for classic rock. That so few people actually have. He probably knows more about classic rock, and I'm not just saying this to brag. I'm just saying it's a, it's like a different generation. It's like the classic rock is coming back in the much younger generation. What do they call today's generation? I don't even Gen- know. I know Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen Z. Okay. I knew a girl named Gen Z one time. Huh? I knew a girl named Gen Z. <laughs> what? You were saying? I'm just saying. It just like he's got an appreciation for music in a way that hell, even I don't have. Your generation definitely doesn't have it because I mean, it's my just, generation just lo- lost their way. It's, you know what? It, it, it's it's like it, it skips a generation. It really does. Well, they did a study actually. They they're found they're finding that more young people right now. Are actually starting to turn to older music. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Because the shit they're listening to now is poison. It sucks. sucks. It's poison. It's yeah. gross. It's just it's. There's no. There's nothing creative about it. I'll put it to you it's this like way: It's like a boat ramp on a Sunday, <laughs> or the if, sandbar. If your if your music starts, if you if the lyrics to your music starts with, uh, or yo. It's shit. And you don't have any style. All right. Can we say that? We can say that. We can say anything we want. That's okay. why we have our own podcast. It's just, it's true. Want. All right. Bragging about the kid again. Guess, yeah. where, guess where she was just this last weekend? Fly fishing. On topic. Let's stay on topic. Uh, she was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Ohio. Really? Victoria? Victoria. Really? Yeah. With who? With her grandmother, her uncle, her mom. That's cool. Some really? cousins. They went, all right, so they went to a wedding in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why, but the worm's been making fun of Ohio since she's been like 10. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a thing. Like she's, always cracking, Ohio? Like she's always cracking on Ohio. I'm like, have you never been to Ohio? So we have a nephew that got That's married awesome. out in this little town called Lorraine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
So I'm getting texts. I'm getting play-by-plays from the worm the whole time. She's like, holy shit, this is way worse than I thought it was. <laughs> Are you serious? She goes, we're in a town called Lorraine. She goes, it's this beautiful little town. There's like shops everywhere. She goes, we're the only ones here. She goes, there was two other people here. So we went over and talked to them, and they were from Boca going to the same wedding. Are you serious? Right. She says, other than that, there was nobody in this little town. Did she see Lorraine. my did she did she see my dog in the uh, in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. yeah, I got a buddy of mine that's in the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who? Who? Steve Boone. Oh. Steve Boone was the uh, bass player for the Love and Spoonful. Really? Have you ever heard of the Love and Spoonful? I do know the Love and Spoonful. Hot somewhere in the city. Weren't they the ones that also had, um, if you believe in magic? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. See that? There's a little bit of hope in his generation. But yeah, that's, no, Steve that, Boone that's was. Uh, I, I met Steve Boone. Uh, we were doing history tours together in Fort Lauderdale back in the '90s, and he says, "Oh yeah, I got a band." I'm like, "Oh yeah, what's your band?" Yeah, the Loving Spoonful. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I know that. There I was a, a there was a point at which there was like there were three bands in the '60s that were huge for a short period of time. It was the Beatles, the Stones, and to just a slightly lesser degree, the Love and Spoonful. The Love and Spoonful. Yeah. All right. Believe it or not. All right. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to bring it up in the podcast since we're talking about music. So I have a friend of mine over here the other night for dinner. Okay, Tommy, good dude. He's a Jersey kid though. I hang out with a lot of Jersey guys, but this guy's a pretty good Jersey guy. He's a good dude. Is he a Viking guy? <sighs> Everybody from Jersey's a Viking guy, one way or the other. But. Tommy, um, he plays that over Italianism thing like Busaka does. Did you hear me? Yeah, I did. That was okay. good. See, so, he, so he's like way over Italian Jersey, and then so of course he's into the Dean Martin, the Probably Frank Sinatra, the Frank Sinatra. That's thing. not Jersey. I know, but it's that's like that's that whole, Vegas. That whole, right? That's what I said. That's that's well, it's California. Vegas, New York, New Jersey. That's like the whole Italian right? That whole yeah, thing. Yeah, no, I get it. Right. Okay. So I'm and I'm explaining to him because he was listening to my way and they're cooking and they're being over Italian and everything. And I explained to him. I says, you know, you do know that most Americans, except for used people, <laughs> use yeah, used people. <laughs> when you when they hear the song My Way, they think of Elvis. Not Frank. Uh, and he's yeah. like, oh, that's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And he, like, kind of fights the whole thing, whatever. But he's one Elvis of Elvis was not original style. There wasn't a damn thing that Elvis Presley did that was original it style. It doesn't matter. The hound dog thing. Somebody else did that a long time ago. Dude, there's no rock and roll that was original style. It was all ripoff. But regardless, the fact of the matter is... He was a hack. Elvis? The people in the middle of the country, when they heard My Way, they heard it from Elvis. They didn't hear it from Frank. Only California, New York, New Jersey, and Vegas thinks of Frank when they think of the song My Way. The the poor guy from Jersey didn't get that. Yeah. It's kind of like national news. Huh? It's kind of like national news. They kind of just forget about the whole part of the country where everybody lives, and then they just go to the ends of it. If you think you're classic... Rock music comes from Elvis Presley. 
that's like saying Bass Pro Shops is the best tackle shop in the world. Okay, it's just a ripoff. Okay, it's commercialization. It's it's I, Elvis Presley. No, there wasn't a single song that Elvis Presley ever did that was his own. More people cried the day Elvis <clears throat> died than any day in history. More you so know than when John I cried? I cried when Farrah Fawcett died. That's when I cried. How many posters did you have of Farrah Fawcett? Oh, you only needed one. The one there was said, only one where it said "sex in her hair." There was only one. There was only one poster of Farrah Fawcett that you ever needed in your entire life. Okay. That's all I got to say about that. Dude, uh, the, the, the poster that everybody had was her in the bikini. And no, then, it wasn't a bikini. It was a one-piece red. Get it right. But it, And then they would... With like a her, beach towel her, behind her, her hair because was, they didn't have a backdrop. Right. Her hair, and so she her, used her towel. And her hair was all curly. Yeah. And you could spell sex in her hair. Yeah. That was like a thing. That was me. We were like 16. 16? 8. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eight? Yeah, this was yeah, in the seventies. That, that dude. was that long ago. It, it was, was that really? long ago. My brother had. I hit puberty my brother, the moment I saw that poster. My brother had that poster, dude. It must have been six by six. I think it was like real size. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few Fairfax. moments in your life that you can point to where you say, "This is such a pivotal moment that I hit puberty." For us, it was the Farrah Fawcett poster. What about Bo oh, Derek? No, in that 10. generation. That generation was Phoebe Cates coming out of the pool in Ridgemont oh, High. Ridgemont High. No, but there was a time when like it paid to be hot. Oh, absolutely not anymore. No, oh, not anymore. Dude, what goes on now? Not is anymore. Just, it, it sickens me. No. Like all right, so I went to the bowling alley last night. Went to the bowling. bowling alley. Yeah. Nice. All right. Which I one? Think you were one up here yeah. to Man- Manor Lanes. Well, Manor Manor Lanes. Manor Lanes. So yeah. we do we do bowling last night, right? Yeah, yeah. And all the moms and stuff were there, and they were all dressed down. All right. Well, you dress down when you go to the bowling alley. You don't get dressed up to go to the bowling alley. No, but the, the you whole, wear sweats. The whole dressing down thing. Duke's a hazard. Right? Remember the chick in Dukes of Hazard? Daisy. Catherine Bach. Daisy, right? Yeah. All right. So she had on jean shorts and friggin', let's call it a t-shirt. Whatever that was. Whatever it was. <laughs> and she was dressing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she looked marvelous. Yeah. The way they're dressing down now, yeah. they don't look marvelous. They look homely. Sweatpants. They look, they look horrible. Yeah. And it bothers me. Well, there's a way to dress down and there's a way to not dress down. Okay. The way to dress down is the Daisy Duke style. Okay? And, I mean, I get that. It's, 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 a, put it's yourself, its own thing. Put yourself in homeboy millennial's position over here. He never had that. He never had it where the chicks tried to be hot. 
It was no, always the run of really, them. Yeah. Right, he never had that. Well, but they try to be hot in other ways. Like, there was a serious debate going on when we were kids. All three Charlie's Angels, it was debatable who was the hottest. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Cheryl T. No, no. Lad. Cheryl, Cheryl Lad. Oh, wait, hold on. I mean. It was, the, no, Cheryl Teeks wasn't a, uh, wasn't like, a, it was, it was Farrah Fawcett, Jacqueline Smith, and Kate. Smith. Smith. But when I'm, Those were the original three. And then Farrah Fawcett left after a year. One year. She was only at Charlie's Angels for one year. Year one season, and then Cheryl Ladd came in as a replacement, as the blonde replacement, and she could never live up to it. But they were all hot, yes, and they were all had posters, yes. And every teenager in the world, and probably adult, had that poster up somewhere. Car dealerships used to support the Farrah Fawcett poster, and who was better than all of them? Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, Linda Carter was awesome. Dude, I'm dating a girl who looks like Linda Carter. I'm just saying. I'll show you the pictures. I'd love to see them. Okay. Linda Carter was my favorite. It's striking, the similarities. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm not thinking Linda. Do you remember uh, the Osmonds? Marie Osmond. Marie, Marie Osmond. Dude, listen. If you tell me that you think Marie Osmond is hot, why don't you just tell me that you enjoy catching sea trout? Listen, I'm not, it's not the point with how hot Osmond was or wasn't. The point was is there was an era in time where everybody tried to be hot. And it was, Osmond didn't try to be hot. They all she, tried to be hot. She was hot My wife later. tried to be hot. Everybody tried to be hot. And now these fucking chicks are dressing in camo in fucking high top fucking converses and shit. Busaka, am I lying? No, he's right. You're not lying. No, he's right. Sweatpants is a big one. Hoodies is a big one I've seen. So what are these kids falling asleep to at night now? <laughs> video games. I got no. I fell asleep to it. Video games. Video games. But kid, I can hear the thing going doink 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 oh, doink. And I know he's passed out. Huh? He's into video games, your boy. Oh yeah, Jesus. He's got I the whole system. I don't even know how he does it. Are I the kids? Plays, into he it. plays guys in Thailand. I don't even hear about the kids getting busted for looking at porn on the internet. Could you imagine if there was porn on the internet when we were kids? I'd never leave the house. Right. <laughs> Dude, we had Penthouse, we had Playboy, we had Hustler, no. we had all these magazines. And you, had to, and you had to hide them under your mattress so your mom would never find it, but she, they always did. And she knew they were there. And every, it was just, that was the way of life. Uh. And today... Today. My father even told me you need to rearrange your literature. So I got yelled. He at, said that to me. One I got time. yelled at by a birthday mom last night at the bowling alley. A birthday alley. mom? You got yelled at? Yeah. Tell me about that. All right. So, <laughs> so we're in the bowling alley. In we we reserved four lanes. It was a company event for Nicole's Casbah uh, Spa. So about twenty of the employees, thirty was employees. Was that a sale there? No. Oh. He's always he wants to, he wants to sport his hairdresser. What? Well, no, that's but my he, dog. Right. <laughs> there was a time when like knowing the bartender was cool, and now knowing the hairdresser right. was cool. So anyway, <laughs> but, I'm not judging. So I'm at the bowling alley, right? And this dude, you don't even call mom, it a hairdresser; you call it a barber. Whatever. This this lady comes in and she's got all this shit with her, and she's in a hustle. 
She's in this big hustle. And she says, oh, we reserved all these lanes and these tables. And I said, okay. And Nicole had her umbrella on the table. And the lady's like, you'll have to move the umbrella. And I said, okay. And then she says, no, you have to move it now. And I was like, oh. whoa. I was like, whoa. I says, I says that's the lady who has the umbrella. I says, she goes, no, we really have to move it now. And I said, okay, well, I'll move the umbrella. And I got the umbrella out of the way because birthday mom had to set up for her birthday. She was on a mission. Mm-hmm. She and had the cake. Was she holding the cake right You there? never, ever, ever get in front of the birthday mom when she's yeah, on a mission. Yeah, what's the matter with you? Dude. Don't you know that? I wasn't... It, it caught me off guard. I was at the bowling alley. I was they thinking there might be a hot chick there or something. for a month. This is something that they planned for a month. Okay? This birthday was their sole focus in life. Well, I'm just... Okay? Just for everybody in the and audience. They, they anticipated every possible contingency in this event. To make this happen for little Timmy. Just stay out of the way of the birthday moms. Exactly. So I'm, I'm saying. Dude. It's serious business. All right, so I can't even believe that the Manor Lanes didn't even tell you that there was a birthday mom there. Or at least there was a birthday going on. They usually have a big I mean, banner. Something that they should have told you to warn you. Don't you think? Alright, so last night at the Bowling Alley. Okay. We're going to let the uh, everybody that works at Casbah open bar, open food, anything they want, they can have. So the bartender, really good bartender, a guy named Jimbo, introduces himself. He says, I'm Jimbo, blah, blah, blah. And then it was over. There was a time, Busaka, when you knew your bartender, and it was important for you to introduce him to your friends. Yeah. So the first thing you do, hey, Jimbo, Yeah. my buddy Norm's here. Get him a yeah. Coors Light or whatever. Yeah. And like that was like part of like the social atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was bragging about Jimbo last night. What the hell? Did they fall out of favor? These bartenders? Oh, so sorry. It's the worm. Back from Ohio. Hey there. What's up, worm? worm? I was just telling everybody how uh, much you like the Ohio. Kid's like 13 years old. Was he named after Tread Barter? Uh, no, actually, God, I hope the, way that, the way that Musso described it is the reason that they, call him tr- that they called him Tread is because you always want to tread lightly around him. At least that was what Musso said. <laughs> and um, he, was a, he was a damn good angler. He netted my redfish. How old was Tread? He netted 13. your redfish? He netted my redfish. Nice. It was a real kid. And he's actually, he was a damn good fisherman, too. So, so I got to give Tread a shout out. So you let Tread... Net your redfish. I did. He did a damn good net job, too. Yeah. You go head first or tail first? I think, actually, that was tail first. And when he was holding the net, was he holding the net like a shotgun with the net tucked up <laughs> underneath the shaft and he made a stabbing motion at the, at the head? No, he didn't do that. All right, that's not... That's... that's all right. That's, Is that good or bad? It's weak. Well, weak? That's, a, that's aggressive netting. Dude, Mark Croker told me how, showed me how to net a fish. Croker? And Mark Croker is the greatest netter I've ever seen in my life. Well, hold on. I want to hear this. Keep okay. going. How does it? Mark Croker showed me how to net a permit one time. Okay. And he said, what you do is you hold the net like you're holding a shotgun. 
and underneath your right trigger finger you're holding the net the, the actual netting up against the shaft of the net and you make it a stabbing motion straight at the fish and as soon as you reach the head of the fish you let your finger go like you're like you're firing a trigger and you scoop to the left boom every single time that works hmm well, There's guys that hold the net in the water, and they think they're going to bring the fish over the top of the net, and the fish freaks out and sees it, and then they break it off, and they lose the fish of their life, and they're sad, and they're dejected, and you know they, they go home, and they beat their wife later on that night, and they lose the fish of their life, and they end up in jail, and the guy's like, that's it, you know, I lost my fish. And here well, you that are. That happens you, to everybody, you know. That happens to everybody, okay? But if they just netted fish the way Croca does it, the way he showed me, well, bam. Anything Croca says is gospel. Like, Croca knows everything. If I, was, if, if I went fishing with Croca, which I've never have done before. Wait, whoa, whoa. Which really? I would love to. But if I ever went fishing with Croca, right and Croca said to me, all right, here, put this piece of bubblicious on your hook because the bonefish love them. You would do it. I would do it. Really? Yeah. Do you do you know Do you know about Mark Croker? I know who he is. Yeah. Did you know he was probably the biggest influence on my fishing career? We're gonna go with him. Was? We're gonna yep. go with him. We're gonna do. We're gonna More fish so with him, and we're gonna do a, a, it was po- a podcast. It was different. Okay. Tommy was in the bait shop, and he was buddies with my dad, and he was into that billfish crowd. Yeah. Croca was right here in the river catching snooks and tarpon. When I was just a skipper on my bike. Yeah. Really? And I used to watch Croker. And I used to be like, damn, that motherfucker's making a living out here catching these snooks and stuff. Yeah. So that was a totally different... Um, Dynamic? Yeah. And he was the only one doing it. My dad had a hundred dudes that were catching marlin. Yeah. Guys, we salt shaker had thousands of clients that were catching marlin. Yeah. You know who was catching tarpon and snook? Croca. Croca. And you know who I would freaking look at when I go down to Lauderdale Marina or I go to the boat ramp? Croca. And you know who else? John Tedder? Yeah. And Carl. Carl Ball? Carl Ball. Mm-hmm. Old Krusty. You, didn't you? What? Didn't you? I told you we nicknamed Old Krusty in the old days. Didn't you and your dad do a bonefish trip out in the bay with Croca years ago? Many times. Many, 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 He's many, 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 many times. Really? Many times, many times. Crockett tells a story on uh, Millhouse about the uh, the 12-pound bonefish that they hooked, and the bull shark came for him, and he threw the push pole like a freaking javelin and hit the shark and saved the yes. bonefish. Yep. That's so I'll badass. I'll tell you what. Let me tell you something. There, is, there are... We caught... We, we, there was one particular day that I remember fishing with Croca. And I think we caught four or five bonefish with him that day, and they were all big slobs. And the biggest one was 13 pounds, 10 ounces. In the bay? Okay, in Biscayne Bay. Wow. All right. And, I mean, it's there's so many stories. And the thing about Mark is not only is he just a, a great fisherman, and he understands, and I've said this to you, Jeff, you know, there's a difference between guides and charter captains. Guides will try to educate you on what's going on. And Mark does that. He's got a pair of eyes that 
he, I mean, he could he could see to China with. But on top of that, he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman's gentleman. Okay. I mean, he really is. Yeah. And and he's just one of those guys. He's I, 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 there's only a few guys that I can say in this sport are gentlemen. He's one of them. Really. One of the things that I really like about Mark. Yeah. Fucking guy's famous, right? Yeah. I've never seen him at a boat show. Never seen him on a TV show. There's a reason for that. Never seen him at the friggin' whatever. He's never done a show? This place or that place or whatever. I don't know what he's actually done and hasn't done. I'm just saying that I haven't seen him. I've seen everybody else. There's a reason, and I'm going to tell you what it is. What's the reason, Okay, you got me fired up. Go ahead, go ahead. Mark doesn't do sponsors. Okay? All these guys that suck to the teat... Okay, just to get themselves out there. That's not Mark. Mark has specifically told me that he doesn't take sponsors because he doesn't want anybody telling him what to fish with, when to fish with it, and how to fish with it. Okay? And all he does is he goes out there quietly and he wins tournaments. Did you know that Croca is the winningest Florida Keys Backcountry Tournament Guide in History. Did not know that. Really? Okay. You go to Mark's house in Alamorada, and he's got a ho- he's got the house, and then he's got what you would refer to as like a mother-in-law's apartment. Okay. So kind of like what he's got. Kind of like there. what you got here, Jeff. And in that mother-in-law's apartment is his tackle room, where he's got all his gear. And all the trophies that he's won. And it could fill this whole kitchen. Really? Okay. He's an incredible tournament angler. And all I can tell you is is that, you know, if, if you fish with him, you'll not only cut your learning curve this much, okay, but you'll learn a thing or two about really how what what success looks like. I feel you. Okay. And there are very few guys that you can go fishing with that where where you experience that. Mark was also the first And I hope he never listens to this because his head will be bigger than it possibly can be. Dude, God bless him. At this age, let it get big. <laughs> How it... old is he, though? He's not that old. Mark? No, he's probably in his 60s. He's freaking yeah. good 15, 20 years older 60s. than me. So okay. he, he was the first dude I ever seen with a flats boat. Was Croca. Croca was the first dude I ever seen with a flats boat. It was a Maverick from day one. It still is a Maverick. Right. Wow. And I remember I actually spoke to him. I was about 12, 13 years old. I walked up to him. I looked at his boat. I was like, man, that thing really works. And he looked at me. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about, kid? <laughs> but anyway, I was infatuated. <laughs> I was totally infatuated. And then he used to sit there on the bait freezer at Lauderdale Marina yep. between his out between his trips. Yep. And I used to just look at him like there he is. Yep. Like in awe, pretty much. Licking on Laura. Like there he is. Oh. There he is. As soon as I finish watching Mark, I'm going back home to see my Farrah. Poster, but right now I got Mark. Yep. <laughs> and there's his boat, and he's sleeping on the freezer right now. Yep. 
Dude, you know what I'm gonna do? I, I know him very well. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him up. We're gonna book a trip and we're gonna we're gonna go. Go fishing with Kroger? Yeah, yeah. He still yeah. guides? Oh yeah. We're gonna do it. And we're gonna bring the shit with us and we're gonna do a podcast after. He was an inspiration for Carl. What do you too. think? You think we could do that November the week of November tenth? The fuck? Well, I just brought that up because I just made arrangements. Yeah. Like a gentleman. To go fishing with Sock over in Homosassa. Really? Alright. So, I've always wanted to fish with that guy. So He's a great kid, man. So Eric, my cousin from Boston, from Mass. Old Mass. <laughs> Him and I, you know, we do the annual fishing trip. We try to get our trips in or whatever. So Eric specifically said, he says, Jeff, I don't want you taking me fishing. I want you and me to go and then go fishing with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And he's an avid fly fisherman. So we were trying to go to Belize, right? I figured we'd get it in before the holidays, before my season totally kicks off. And then I'd say goodbye to everybody for six months. So we're trying to go to Belize, but the flights going into Belize totally suck. How, how, wait, the price or just the flight? The price sucks. They're like a thousand bucks. To Belize? To the Belize. Fuck? Right. And then most of the flights you fly from here to Atlanta to oh, Belize. Oh, it's connecting. Yeah. So it takes you a full day to get there, and it's a thousand bucks, and we were just trying to do like four days. So I scratched Belize, and then I called up Sock, and I says, we'll go fishing with him over in Homosassa. So I'm going to try to do Sock. And he was going to try to get Billy Nast, and we are going to fish with them for a couple of days. Then I was going to come to Sarasota and fish with the Mad Snooker for one night. And then if we could go from Sarasota to the Keys and fish with Croca after that, yeah, that, that might be as good as me and Bursa's Tropic Star Trip. Whoa. That was the, was the, four, that was the 400 pound mark. All right, so right? what are we talking about? What, 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 what are the dates? Um, so the weekend of November 10th. Hold on, I might not be able to do that one. And nobody invited you. There's only two people that can get on oh, the shit. Oh, shit. Go ahead. But the weekend is like a party <laughs> Do you want to fish too. on the weekend? Yo, you want to fish on the weekend? Uh, we could do that next Monday. But if we can if we can, if we we can, can go there. And it's probably one of the slowest times in the Keys. All right, the weekend of November, t- November 10th is a Friday. Right. So I was going to fish with Sock on Thursday and Friday. I was going to try to fish with the snooker on Saturday. Anyway. Monday, November 13th. Yes. Try that. Call Mark Croca. <sighs> I don't think you're supposed to book fishing trips during We're the We're doing podcast. this right on the phone right now. You know, this could be legendary in the Marcy's fish, probably the fishing podcast friggin' world. If he answers. I'm just saying, who books during their podcast? I'm surprised I'm we haven't right doing that before. Yeah, it was natural. Four. Original style. Okay. Yeah. He's not going to answer the phone. Hi, you That's Marcy. Captain Mark Croca, this is Captain Norm Beckoff. I want to know if you're available on Monday, November 13th for me and the Lunker Dog to come.
come fishing with you in Alamorada. All right, guys. Thanks for coming in. Another episode of the Real Guy Podcast. This is like episode number 236. God bless. 236 nice. episodes. Nice. Four real guys by real guys. Four real guys. Coors Light. Miller High Life. Sponsored today. What else? Farrah Fawcett. Long live Farrah. Love you, baby. Here's to it. And uh, more power to all the friggin' orchid people. Yeah. <laughs> Run head dog. Run, Run head dog. dog.